I'm Marissa Norcross. And I'm Dave Freud, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you today? I am good, but I'm guessing that you will one-up me because you just got back from a nice little getaway. I did, and I am fantastic today. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was it was a real it was great. It was just two days. Um, now our listeners know that my wife and I we you know I did take like a week's vacation at the end of June and had all of our grandkids together and our, and our kids. Um, most of our kids, all but one of them, was able to be with us that week. Um, and we rented a camp, and that was wonderful. Uh, but this time it was just two days. Um, my wife and I, just the two of us, and and we went we went somewhere that I've been before. Actually, we went two different places. We spent one day and one night in each place. Um, I had been to both places before, but I realized that there is something that I did not know at all. And 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 maybe this this is what I'm going to show my ignorance to everybody, to all of our listeners. So the first place we went to was up to Lake Placid. Um, we had some good friends that that have, I think they might have a condo up there or something or a timeshare. I'm not sure what it is. But they go up frequently. And, and we knew that they went up. So we said, hey, we're going to go up to Lake Placid. And, you know, is there a place you'd recommend we stay? So they, they told us, and I highly recommend this, the Golden Arrow right on Mirror Lake is an amazing, um, amazing hotel. Uh, their, their restaurant that's a it's like across the parking lot. It's called Generations. We went there for breakfast, and I mentioned to you before we hit record that it was the best meal um, that we had the entire time we were gone. Um, but I grew up with this idea that Lake Placid is the place where the 1932 and 1980 Olympics were. It's where we had the miracle on ice when when our American hockey team beat the Soviets and 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 the arena's right there and and, and it, it's on a lake and it's called Mirror Lake. So I you know, silly me, I'm thinking Lake Placid is a town, which it is, and it's on a lake, which it is, called Mirror Lake. So we were walking around Mirror Lake Monday morning, and the lake is on the left side as we're walking, and on the right side I see this sign kind of off the side of the road that says boat wash station. And I'm thinking, boat wash station? Why would Mirror Lake doesn't allow any motorized boats? So why is there a boat wash station? So my wife and I cross the street because you know you folks all know by now that if, if there's boat in anything, I'm there, right? <laughs> and I go over and there's a lake called Lake Placid that is huge, right there, right, like on the other side of the street. And I'm like, you dummy <laughs> how could you not know that lake placid is a lake that just happens to have a little tiny lake next to it called mirror lake and a village on wow and i have to tell you um i sent you a picture and i'm looking at that picture right now and i really need to go back there doesn't it look amazing. real. It's so it doesn't. beautiful. It doesn't. So this this picture that, that I'm describing that Marissa sees is, so what we did, af so after we kind of, we actually took a boat tour. There was an hour-long boat tour on on uh, Lake Placid. And and I shared this with you before, and our listeners will know how important this is to me. It is the, that single lake has the most antique boats per capita than any other lake in America. We saw boathouses that had three wooden boats in it for one cottage. 
Of course, they're called cottages, but I think, you know, the, the cheapest one's a couple million bucks type of thing. Um, <laughs> this is clearly, and, and, and many of these places you can't get to unless by boat. Right. Because a lot of the area is forever wild. It's it's uh, National Park. Um, there's three islands that kind of stagger out in front of you. But So what we did is after our, our amazing boat ride, we got in, in our car and we drove up the Veterans Memorial Highway up to the top of Whiteface. You're, you're almost at the top. You're not exactly at the top, but you're almost at the top. Um, you're at like 4,600 feet, something like that. And we got out and all of a sudden I looked down and it hit me. What this amazing teaching moment. My vantage point was never right because all I saw was little Mirror Lake, Lake Placid a village, but it's, and I didn't know there was another lake there. But when I could get high enough up, I could see everything before me. And then I realized that Mirror Lake looks almost like a little tiny pond or bay on the side of this beautiful, majestic lake. But I'd never seen it because my vantage point wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And that was the lesson that, that, that I got in it. And, and it was interesting because as I, as I stepped out of the car, it hit me. This is a teaching moment for you. When you're in a struggle, when you're, when you're wondering about things, get up higher. And, and I think, you know, we, what happens is whenever, we, whenever we're faced with a struggle, we kind of super hyper-focus. Like, okay, let's, it's like a math problem. You know, let's just, let's just get all of our distractions. Let's put them away. Let's focus as best we can on this one issue and everything's going to get better. No, we got to get outside that issue Mm -hmm. and we need to go up higher and we need to be able to see a broader perspective of the problem. Not easy, but something that you need to do. So, when you first saw the title, The Vantage Point is Critical, what did you think about? I, I didn't think it was going to be about Lake Placid. <laughs> but, you mean, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And um, I think it's it's really something to consider uh, when in, in all aspects of our lives. Right. And... You know, I I think like when I did read it, I thought, you know, of course, David like found the teaching moment. But I'm glad you did, because that might have been something that a lot of us would have missed. And well, I th- yeah. And, and, and so why did David find the teaching moment? Um, because I was looking for one. Mm-hmm. I'm just being honest with you. You know, I. I I try, as, I, as I've gotten older, I've tried to find more teaching moments. Of course, I also knew that, you know, I needed to get you a post <laughs> real quick. Um, and I have a feeling you may have trouble hearing me because I do hear my phone clicking. Oh, I can hear you. If, all right. So if it, if it gets to a point where you can't hear, just say, can you please say that again? And our listeners will be fine with that. <laughs> okay. Um, so I knew I had to get a post done. Uh, and I knew I was going to have to write it while I was gone because I just didn't have an inspiration. And so, and, and I think that's, that's another point is, is for all of us, as we go through life, you know, teaching moments are real wins. Those are, those are like blessings that we may have missed because we haven't slowed down enough to think about it. I mean, for me, I kept, I kept saying to my wife, how did I not know this lake was here? How did I not know that the lake that has the most number of classic boats, wooden boats per capita, 
is he, I mean, I know, I should know those things. You know, the two magazines that I took with me in case I got bored while I was gone, <laughs> one was Classic Boating and another one was the Lyman Bonus Association magazine. So I missed it. Mm-hmm. Just completely missed it because I was stuck down in the trees, literally, you know, down on the ground, looking through trees and finding, we, we, we actually, just to tell you how, how nearsighted, shortsighted, nearsighted, that's probably a better way to put it. So we were asking, we, we saw these boat docks and actually what drew me at my attention was, um, there was like a nine, well, it won't matter to anybody else, but to me, like a 1948 Chris Craft was coming in. That's a wooden boat. Um, with this older couple and, and they seemed in a hurry. Like I said, good morning to them. My wife said, good morning to them. They said, morning. And they're like quickly got into their car and drove away. And then we saw a gentleman moving up like three garbage bags. And so we asked him, we said, you know, can we ask you a question? Are, are these camps things that you need to use to, you need a boat to get to? He goes, yeah, about two thirds of them are. He said, that's why I'm bringing three bags of garbage to the, you know, off the boat and into my car. And then he says to us, you know, there's actually right around the corner, there is a, there's a boat cruise you could take. We didn't even see that. And we were right next to it again. So I get, that was the other lesson, you know, wow, how could I miss the fact that there was, you could take a boat tour of the lake and it's literally right next to the place I was standing on, but it was blocked from my view. If I would have changed to a different vantage point, I would have seen it. Mm-hmm. So when we don't know, when we seem to be stuck, just move slightly. Yeah. Get up higher. Ask people. Uh, so, you know, I'm trying to think, like, what, what types of things. So, for instance, you're, you know, you and your husband have two beautiful little girls, and your vantage point right now is survival. Mm-hmm. But probably if you would talk to your mom, she's got a different vantage point because she's been where you are. And she can say, yeah, it seems crazy right now, but it'll pass. Right. You know, my mother would say, oh, how I wish I had some of those crazy days again. Mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. That, that <laughs> might come if I, if I live long enough. You know, so it's, again, it's your vantage point. Yeah. Um, I, I remember once hearing a story of this, this older lady at our church. And there were all these kids running all around, you know, this lady. And she was probably in her... I'm going to say late seventies. And my mom looked at her and she said, are you all, or or she said, how can you be so calm with all of this commotion? And she just smiled and said to my, my mother, do you think I was always this calm? Mm -hmm. You know, again, it's a vantage point. Yeah. I think this, this comes back to what we talked about last week about connection and connecting with Mm -hmm. others. Um, There of course will be times when we, need to actively seek a vantage point. Maybe we're trying to um, solve a problem or adapt, you know, and it seems like a a logical next step to seek the vantage point. I think there are other times um, linking this to connection that it's just helpful to to be curious and to seek understanding. um, Mm -hmm. And that helps with the, with connection right with people you work with with people you know with yes. family members um you know it, like i think about this often when i'm watching my four-year-old um learn new things or meet new friends is just you know how naturally curious they are and right. um 
and what it must be going on in, in their brains. And I think if we all could do that a little bit more, just seek to understand and to see see what's outside of your current view. And yes. whether it's going up higher for a higher vantage point or getting down lower to see the up close vantage point. Exactly. And checking all the angles. Um, I think that if we can make that just a regular practice, regardless mm-hmm. of decisions that we need to make, uh, it, it's just good. helpful. Well, I love I love that making, you know, seeking a different vantage point, m- making that a habit. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of something John Maxwell always asks, you know, when, when he's doing a meeting, he says, what am I missing? Mm-hmm. And and others help us with that. You know, th- that's that's the key why you need thinking partners. You you need people that you can talk to and say, you know, this is what I'm seeing. What am I missing? You know, you, uh, I I did I just did a real quick search of on you know how do you gain better vantage points, better perspectives. And one of them was read. Mm-hmm. You know, reading <clears throat> reading. If if there was ever a time. When reading was, I don't think there was ever a time when reading was easier than today. Right. I mean, I mean, if we think about, you know, what it used to take to have a book, you know, a few generations ago, a book was a precious thing if you could have a book. Well, now we have e-readers, we get it on our phones, we have audio books, you know, so many things that are out of print are still available in a digital format. And, and so there's, you can gain so much perspective and a different vantage point by reading other people's thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to mention, just like you said, the, the connection with people all around us. You know, are we really, really connecting with people to get their perspective so we have a better vantage point? Mm-hmm. And I think, I th- you know, the, the, the problem is, like I mentioned it before, when we're faced with a crisis, we get super hyper-focused. When what we really need to do is take a broader view. And I think there's, I think a lot of the struggles, a lot of the challenges that, that our country and our world faces today, people would be better served by getting a bigger vantage point and seeing things in a continuum of time as opposed to just a window of today. You know, in the grand scheme of things, this may not be a big deal and this too shall pass. And the question is, am I ready to kind of work my way through that? So for me, it was, it was, you know, I was trying to think of what other lessons did I learn? Um, whenever I do, a, you know, one of these short, short getaway kind of things with my wife, I realize again how important they are. You know, that you do, I, I mean, I came back recharged, ready to go. You know, got up this morning, normal time. I was out walking, normal time, just with a little extra energy. Mm-hmm. And the cool part of this is, to, and so I was actually listening to a podcast this morning. I had to go. Um, last week we talked about my dental appointment. <laughs> um, so this morning I had to go get my stitches out. Um, and actually, what so Marissa, you'll appreciate this. So what I actually did was I printed out the post, two copies of the post that that went out with that podcast. One for the doctor and one for his brother, mm-hmm. and I kind of explained it, and he he really he really appreciated the extra connection point, mm-hmm. you know, because I said I, I and when it was funny, he walked into the room, and he looked at me, and he goes, "How are you today?" 
He says, I bet you're a lot better than you were a week ago. <laughs> I said, oh, yes. And I and it was almost like he was kind of feeling me out to see was I up. I said, you did an amazing job last week, Doc. Mm-hmm. Just want to let you know that. And he goes, oh, thank you. Um, but while I was driving home from that, I was listening to a podcast about um, a gentleman who, this is the man who invented the barcode system. Oh. Now, what I didn't know was he also was involved in developing the first, um, in splitting the atom, the first nuclear reaction. So isn't that interesting? He must have been a really smart guy. Mm -hmm. But what he realized was that when he needed to think, he would sit somewhere where he could do nothing. And so he was sitting on a beach in Miami. This is like in the early 60s. And he knew Morse code because I think if I remember the story, he was in the Navy. And he just, with his finger, started writing like Morse code in the sand. And then he started making vertical lines and putting zeros in between the vertical lines and numbers. And that's literally how he developed the barcode system. Wow. But the key that I got was the same thing that happened to me when I'm standing on the top of Whiteface. It's a teaching moment. Mm-hmm. It's a discovery. You're not, you're not trying to make yourself learn or discover something. So, you know, that's the other important thing about getting away. You get away. Your mind opens up. You become more creative and things just begin to flow. So that's why it's really super important to sometimes just do nothing. Just think. Think about anything that comes to mind. And who knows, you might be the next person to develop whatever is that next thing beyond the bar. Imagine our life without the barcode. Yeah. Think of all those poor clerks in stores that would have carpal tunnel from punching in all the... You don't even remember when they used to punch. You weren't alive when they were punching in the numbers. Yeah, they used to have to read the price. They had to pick up the product, look for the price tag, and then punch the numbers in. And hope they got it right. Mm Mm-hmm. But this guy was doodling in the sand, <laughs> and he developed the system. That's neat. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either till today. That's just the amazing thing of technology for us today. We can listen to things while we're driving in our cars. We can listen to books. We can listen to podcasts, and we can expand our mind and get a different vantage point. That's it. Something to think about, for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, and I now think, I think you know I'll be looking for opportunities now to exercise the the vantage point. <laughs> yeah, you know, it just it's it's a neat point. Now the key mm-hmm. is to always you know for me is always going to be because I I'm an emotional person and mm-hmm. I quickly react, so I have to say slow down, change your vantage point. Now is that even worth reacting to? Because mm-hmm. some of it's not. Mm-hmm. Just let it go. That's it. Got nothing more. I'm empty. What are you thinking for next week? Are you waiting for inspiration? (laughs) I'm waiting for inspiration. So let's see. I could go on another trip or I could get another tooth pull. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tooth pulling is done. There's a certain point when you have to like stop or you need all new teeth. Anyways, no, I don't don't know. um, But something will come between now and next week. I'm sure. Anything exciting? I mean, I had the exciting one this week. I got to go away, so. 
Oh, man, I feel like I never have anything really exciting to talk about. Just, you know. Maybe it's your, maybe it's your vantage <laughs> My <point>. every. <laughs> no, I, you know, I actually do really enjoy just quiet weekends, so. Well, good. That's good. I'm sure we'll have some yard work to do and go swimming and things like that, which, um, especially in the summer, I've, I think uh, many summers we were longing for a, a summer where we didn't have a lot of commitments. Right, so, right. I, I do actually, it doesn't make for a good story, but I do enjoy just hanging out here and outside. So what's better than a good story will be good memories mm-hmm. of, of your family as you get older together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So with that, I'm Dave Freund. I'm Marissa Norcross. And this was The Next Page.